gentlemen, welcome to episode 127 of the Finger Guns Podcast. My name is Roscoe. How are you doing today? I'm joined by Miles Thompson. Hello once again, sir. Well, hello. How on earth are you? I'm very good, thank you. It's been a busy day writing assignments and lots of words for things that aren't that interesting, but other than that, it's been very nice, thank you. You've done a fair bit of writing. Have, today and yeah. yesterday my god I, I know right i think i've written probably up to four thousand five thousand words in the last two days damn or any yeah. of them heck or dang it actually no i know oh, i'm surprised hmm. there's that a lot of uh, what's in there lots of what's and it's <laughs> sadly cat Ross. <gasps> oh my god oh my god how you doing man <laughs> oh i'm so good how are you yeah i'm all right i was um i'm not crying this week oh it's a good game it's finished now so that's good oh good good yeah good ending. what an ending i know i know i know um yeah not, not bad myself also been writing lots of words that aren't very interesting um yeah yeah that's, that's really it i was i was had a very embarrassing moment um yesterday and i think that the best way to get over an embarrassing moment is to out yourself let's um, hear it okay i was <laughs> i was a bit poorly on a very packed train yesterday oh. and had to put a head my head not a head <laughs> my head um in a bag for life and vomit that's fun isn't that fun don't we all just all love hearing this on a gaming podcast damn that sucks damn. yeah i know and i was like sat next to a, a stranger i'm very sorry stranger if you happen to be listening this is by any chance i couldn't even look them in the eye i couldn't even oh, i couldn't even be like hey this is about to happen or hey I'm, I'm so sorry that your lovely train ride has been greeted with me putting my head in the bag so <laughs> i mean that public, was... public transport is bad enough i know and do you know what's worse is it was kind of that public transport where it's hot and it was just uh, packed uh, and I, I had to make the choice because I looked at my friend and I was like I'm in danger and, <laughs> and I'm in danger yeah, I'm in danger and they just kind of pointed to be like the toilets that way and I just looked at them being like no it's not it's, <laughs> it's, it's in this bag um yeah it was gonna be you know I could run into somebody and the fear of throwing up on them you know persevered yeah. me to say I'm just gonna throw up next to this dude soft pal yeah i mean let's let's look at it positive it could have been a lot worse yes yes i would like to have been a lot better because i was five minutes from the platform ah. but oh well we move we move but other than that all good all good a cracking story i think that's your best one so far thank you very, thank much. You very much love it uh, and of course he's just popped down from london town with the sean davies i've been absolutely creasing myself at cat story oh, it's extraordinary <laughs> It has been quite the week for embarrassing moments with penguins, I believe. Yeah. It has, it has. I'm, I'm good, I'm good, yeah. I'm, I'm great. I'm, I'm still recovering from what can only be described as a very heavy EGX. And um, I got, got my uh, third COVID vaccine today. Yay! And, and my flu vaccine. Wow, so you're like a superhero now. Um, yeah, I think like it's the reverse hook. I can feel my muscles just like dying off. <laughs> <laughs> Every bone in my body hurts, um, which is great. Well, yeah, shall we? Shall we do a podcast? How How are you? Are you Are you well? I'm not well, but I'm okay. Um, yeah, I've got a weird weird stomach thing today. Just don't need to go into details. It's just yeah, not great. I'm sitting in a really weird position to try and make sure it doesn't interfere. But uh, 
Do you yeah. want to catch a train with me and throw up in a bag? You know what? I'm out. good. I'm good though. Thanks. Yeah, are you sure? Okay. Do yeah, you know the toilet's you... closer, you know. <laughs> you, you two throw up, I'll piss all over. Yeah, the there we go. There we go. It's a super a, good time. It's the finger guns extraction week. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> wow. If that's not the caption, I don't know what is. <laughs> hey Sean, tell me, if you were in a squid game like situation, what are the kids' games that you would like to play? Um Kiss Chase. Kiss Chase. Yeah, Kiss Chase, for sure. Okay. Um, because I was always really good at Kiss Chase because I was never selected to play. Aww. So <laughs> I get, I get the, the the buy round. <laughs> I was obviously too handsome for all the boys and uh, girls to play with. That's, that's obviously... exactly what it was. That's exactly yeah. what it was. That's 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 the story I'm sticking with. It. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. So just, <laughs> so just, I was thinking about it today. I was, I was trying to think of games that I played as a kid, but... As a kid, all I really played was like sharing football stickers and N64, and I don't think that they would really work in a squid game-like situation. Conkers? Mm, kinda. Marbles. I played some marbles, but that's already okay. in there. I don't want to talk about it. Um, Tazos. Yes, I did. Yep. Okay, that's one thing. There you go. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like I played like hopscotch, but that's not really a game as such, is it? Um. Oh, you could turn it into a game. I'm not sure how you would. Um, you would um, have the stone style thing that you've got to throw as a landmine that you have to pick <laughs> up and deactivate before it blows off. Blows up. Oh, that's yeah, that, that's dark and twisted enough, I guess. Me and Squid Game, man. I like it. I'm there. UK version. Yeah. <laughs> I very nearly bought a Squid Game t-shirt today. They're doing the rounds already. But, uh, I stopped myself because I'm a grown-up now, apparently. Uh, right then. Um, yeah, I'm good. Let's get into Game of the Week. I'll go from the top. Mr. Mars Thompson, your Game of the Week. Oh, I'm sure you can guess this one, Ross. Is it Back for Blood? It might just be Back for Blood. Oh, my giddy We haven't <laughs> talked enough about Back for Blood ever, so no, go for it. <laughs> I mean, there just wasn't enough trailers and there wasn't enough beta coverage. You know, nope. I think I think we need to talk about it more. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I got my hands, well, we all kind of got our hands really on the kind of full version of Back for Blood. Yes, and thank you, WB Games. Very, very nice of you. Thank you. Incredibly generous, to be fair to them. Um, and it's been a lot of fun, to be fair. Um, it was everything that we all expected it to be before the beta and during the beta as well. Um, so it's just zombie slaying carnage 24-7, firing bullets everywhere, explosions going off, blood flying everywhere body parts dismembered heads getting cracked under knives because apparently they explode when you knife them in the head um and it's it's good fun it's a really good co-op kind of shooter i would absolutely recommend you go in with a team of buddies because the bots are fucking horrendous like so so bad initially i kind of said to myself oh the bots aren't too bad you know they'll mark enemies for you and they'll drop ammo for you until you realize that they drop all of their ammo for you so they can't shoot anything anymore (laughs) and then they don't contribute to the objective so you've got a swarm of enemies trying to kill you while you're supposed to get research onto a truck and your fucking idiot bots stand there not shooting anybody because they've got no ammo left and not helping with the objective. So you basically have to try and kill all of the enemies and do the objective at once because it's respawn infinitely. And I was like, well, this is shit. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but if you team up with others online, it'll be a mixed experience as with any kind of online game, you'll get some people who are trolling and will go and set off every horde possible and others who are very helpful and cooperative. And actually I made a couple of uh, in-game friends and even got my first PS5 accolade for being a helpful team player, which was nice. Oh, nice um, one. Yeah. So I was quite proud of that. Um, th- but there was a bit more content than I expected. I know in the beta, we talked about, you know, how long this game was probably going to be. And obviously I repeated a few levels with yourself, Ross. And then if you play in the, there's an option called solo campaign, which basically don't play it because it doesn't actually count towards any in-game achievements or trophies or anything. It's almost like a, a dud mode. Um, so I then had to replay the levels that I played in that initially. And then I think I finished it on around eight-ish hours or so, um, which considering it's a multiplayer-focused, you know, cooperative shooter, it's quite a bit of content. Um, The only real thing is that the enemy design isn't that much different from Left 4 Dead. Like, if you've played a lot of Left 4 Dead, dozens and dozens of hours, which a lot of people have who are going into this, there's not going to be a lot here that's going to surprise you. There's, like, three main mutation types and each of them have like three variants but it's like each of them has a a spitting acid version or an exploding version or a for the tall boys it's one crushes you another one just slams you and another one can charge or something like that so it's not exactly the most creative in that sense and i would have liked a lot more variety in both the kind of level design in the middle and in the enemy types but i gotta say despite the fact it's got a few rough edges and it's not the most creative of titles I still had a very good time. And when we jumped on and played it again in the full game, Russ, you know, it was just a good laugh. You know, Man, it's kind it of, was. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the kind of game that you hop on with a couple of mates. You don't take it too, too seriously. And you just kind of rip through some hordes of zombies and have a good laugh doing it. Um, just don't play it on anything but the easiest difficulty because the other two difficulties are completely fucked right now. They're not even, I genuinely don't even think they're actually possible to finish currently because. I think on act one alone, on the easiest difficulty, <laughs> over 20% of people have done it, myself included. But on if you go up one difficulty, it goes up to 0.6% of people have done it so far. And I think only one, 0.1% have actually finished the whole game through. And on nightmare difficulty, nobody's even finished the first act. So it kind of tells you God, the state that's insane. In. It's honestly, I played a little bit of nightmare and I kid you not, I was like, fuck this. I could not like, I think we got, three quarters of the way through the first level a couple of times and then as soon as you get you know like that open area of the first level where all the kind of crates are that you have to jump over to get to the safe house yeah, yeah. as soon as you get there some there's just some miraculous way a horde will trigger and then you're hit by like three tall boys two reekers a couple of stalkers everything jumps at you once and you're dead in seconds and it's just infuriating to spend 15 minutes carefully creeping your way through that level to get there to then get fucking marauded at the end mm. um so that's kind of bothered me a little bit because i don't want to replay it again on the easiest difficulty because i've already done that and i kind of want a bit more challenge but i don't want so much challenge that i can't actually you know play the game without wanting to just smash my own skull in so i'm kind of at a bit of an impasse with it at the moment but i'm apparently the developers know about it so they are gonna nerf it down a bit more and balance it which will be good um but yeah otherwise it's a very good game there's a lot of fun to be had i think just like i put it up in my review though it's it's not quite got the same magic as left for dead did because i think it's redoing the same idea again but it's yeah. doing it very well and if you like left for dead you'll like what's in here there's just not much more to it than what was in Left for dead if that makes sense mm. i will add that that um that level in the bar you're hyping it up before we played it you're oh like oh mate God. you're gonna love this level he loves loves us like all right then we played it it was possibly the most fun i've had in video games this year it was just so much fun 
genuinely if there's a favorite level of this year that level is it because yeah, the first sure. like it's like i said to you the first time i did it it was to you basically have to defend this bar against like swarms of swarms of enemies and you're playing a jukebox on purpose to draw all the swarms to you to help like some people escape that you helped in the previous level or something um and basically the first time i played it it was black betty that played and i kid you not having an AA-12 shotgun and tearing through dozens of zombies and blowing everything up and setting everything on fire to Black Betty is a fucking good time. And <laughs> then we did it again and it was a whole different song and it was just as good. I mean, it was absolute chaos, but it was so yeah. much fun. And it was Brilliant. probably one of the one of my favourite gaming levels or highlights of the year, actually, just for that one little part. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's cracking. And uh, yeah, it's out uh, today. If you're listening to this, the day it goes up, the day the podcast goes live. So uh, yeah, Battle for Life, check it out on Game Pass if you uh, don't want to shell out 80 or 90 quid for the Ultimate Editions. Uh, I believe it's finally out after all this time. I know, about damn time. Cat, uh, your game of the week. I don't think I can follow that. That just sounds, you know, that's a really good kind of rundown of a game and I'm just about to shit all over my game. Oh well, anyway. <laughs> oh, not like you did on the train. Oh, no, I didn't shit on the train, Ross. Get it right. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, so my game, and oh, I, I was saying this to you, wasn't I, a couple of days ago. Um, I never, ever, ever. So my game is called In In My Shadow. And I was actually kind of like, I looked at this game, you know, it came to Finger Guns HQ, and I was like, yeah, I'll take that on. Um, you know, uh, this year for me has been a very puzzle kind of orientated kind of game and I've played a lot of puzzle games and so that's kind of a familiarity right now and I played this game it looked like a great premise and I don't ever want to you know insult someone's art or time that they've put into a game but fuck that was boring it was so boring (laughs) it was (laughs) such had such a good idea to it so the idea is, is that you're playing as this girl's shadow, trying to kind of go back to the past and kind of capture her memory snippets. Her memory snippets are kind of tied up within the level and you play as her shadow. So she receives a text from her dad and she doesn't know how to respond to it. And then this old house opens up and each room is a, is a bunch of kind of 12 levels or so. And um, and yeah, each room is kind of attached to a different memory. Um, whether that be about you know her parents or you know a different kind of person in her life or who was in her life um and the idea is is that you play as her shadow and you have to move the shadow of like the kind of the furniture shadows or object shadows to kind of maneuver through the level to get her from one side of the room to the other side of the room so kind of like playing like the floor is lava in a sense um and that was great that was actually okay for like five levels and then there was just and maybe maybe I'm slightly biased because I've come from a juggler's tale and so having just played that and being so just I love juggler's tale I think like had it been longer I had it but had a bit more substance I probably would have given it a 10 um but it, it just was really really shoves over in like a blink um but having come from jugglers I think that I don't know I was really I really liked the premise of it. it's a cool premise to play as someone's shadow and move rather than move the furniture you're moving the shadow and you're manipulating height and so I can understand I can definitely appreciate and understand the premise of it and I can understand the mechanics of it fuck I was bored but 
it's not easy boring it's actually the other way it gets ridiculously difficult and there's no hints there's no like you've collected this many memories like you have to collect them all um so you can't move furniture as you're moving um the character either so every time you think that you're not going to make a jump or you're not you have to reset the whole level back and then move that thing and then go back into you know and it's, it puts her back to the beginning of the room and it's just Oh, it just gets tedious quite quickly. And I'm sure it would be great for people who really love puzzle games and just want like a car ride or a car journey. And this is why I say I don't want to shit on anyone's art. Because for me, I guess I've come from a game that had so much adventure and story. I didn't really understand why we were knowing her story during puzzles. And I don't understand why she was a shadow. And I think I get the representation of the fact that she's like not facing up to her past. But why are you a shadow though? <laughs> Maybe you're a shadow of your past. I don't know. Anyway... It's a very short game. And if you love puzzles, I think you would really, really like it. But for me, there was just no substance after moving a lot of furniture. Mm. You know what I mean? I can appreciate it. Don't want to shit on it. Get the premise. Actually, really great premise. Really cool mechanic you got going on there. Um, But I didn't even know how many memory snippets I'd collected in the end because I don't even have a counter. And it's the fact that you have to get all three. And like all four or five or however many there are, I think there's a free level anyway. But um, there's no option to like come back to it later. So there's options to skip levels, um, but there's no option to come back to it later. And you still know the story regardless of whether you skip it or not. So I just want what's the point. <laughs> but oh, I just, I don't know. I don't know. It was strange. It was strange. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm just being a bit too harsh and maybe, but yeah. I don't know. So that was my yeah. game of the week. I mean, if what you really a, like what a, what a choice for your game of the week. I know. A game of the week is supposed to be like, but the thing is, I haven't really played anything that I haven't talked about other than mm. Nickelodeon, which we played together, which was a good, really good laugh. That was so much fun when I played it with you. Yeah. But I didn't know if that was going to be your game of the week. So I thought I'd go with something different. Um, but yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It's a weird one. And I always feel really guilty for being kind of a bit harsh. But I need to get out of that because I'm a reviewer. <laughs> yeah, you're allowed. You know you're, you're allowed yeah. to be nasty about games. Exactly, and I'm not, well, not I'm nasty, someone, but critical. No. Yeah, and I think you know, you know, someone's art and someone's hours they put in. But equally, if I ordered food at a restaurant, it was shit. You know, I once Ooh. did a review for a game called something. I can't remember. My God, it was ages ago. Uh, PS Gamer, I think, a long time ago. And um, I just, I just tanked it. I hated it so much, and. Um, it was like a two out. I, I very rarely give anything less than a three if I think the game is bad because I think yeah. one and two is just it's just unfair. But man, I got an email back from the developer, and it just said fair, full stop. Oh my god, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, fair enough. It was like so they kind of agreed with you. They were like, yeah, all right. So it was cool. like, oh, I guess, yeah, this is what I want. That was it. I don't know any context. I mean, it was just fair, full stop. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And that's the thing. Like, did you struggle to write that review? Because I'm like, I get into this review and I write a hundred words, and I'm like, I don't know what to say about you other than you're fine. Like, <laughs> it's <laughs> like, it's it's the um, it's it's the two extremes. If you yeah. really hate a game or really love a game, it's easy to write yeah, because you just want to just spit um, venom at it. Yeah. Or, or praise it to the to the skies, but it's that middling one. The middling ones I are think, always a pain in the ass. Yeah, I'm struggle busting on this one because it's not it's not a bad game. It's never glitched on me. Do you know what I mean? It's just I think mm. I've come. I think I'm a bit biased. I've come from jugglers, which did have an incredible premise, and it's a very similar, you know, shadow versus strings and all that jazz. Um, yeah, so it's difficult for me because it, it it's an amazing. I don't, you know, it's not a shit game. It's just that 
that's not a thing. I got a bit bored. It's ridiculously difficult to the point where like I couldn't be bothered. I was just like, well, fine, fuck you, be difficult on a car. <laughs> I'll just skip that level. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. start again. And that was, yeah, I literally go to write it. And it's literally taking me days to write it. And I'm like, stop, just get down. Honestly, I think today I spent from five till half seven. And I was like, how have I still not written this bloody review yet? So it is coming. I'm hoping to get it done by tomorrow. <laughs> uh, you can right. read my, my middle of the middle of the uh, road review tomorrow. Well, I'm very excited to read it. Yeah, so you should be. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Sean, what of the 150,000 games that you've played this week is your favourite? I'm not going to talk about anything that I played at Res because we have dedicated podcasts for such things. But there is one game that I played outside of rest so we went to a very interesting you're calling it rest i think that i, th- uh, I think that, I, th- I think that speaks to the kind of egx it was it felt like rest i mm. don't, don't mean to be saying rest i'm just that no no i know right i know now. um so we went to a networking event um at a loading bar and we spoke to a number of developers journalists pr guys and stuff and one of the people there was called kate killick and she was a freelance, she, she was a designer on free-to-play mobile games, but she she decided that she, that wasn't for her anymore, so she went freelance. And she made and completed her own first game, and it's called Anxiety Wear. It's all one word, Anxiety Wear, and you can download it for free on mobile phones, and I think it's on Itch too. And basically, it's like um, Mario Wear, or Frobisher Says, if you can remember that on the Vita. Um, but basically, it's little mini games, and this these mini games are all based around her anxiety dreams. So, like in in one level, you'll be kind of trying to click on little gerbils who are going across the screen, and one's swiping past ex boyfriends before you come to a relationship that she's happy in. Uh, one is you're <laughs> behind the wheel of a car and you suddenly can't remember how to drive, or that you're in work and you've got no clothes on. So you had to put clothes on them. The very little, little intuitive games that you have to basically get around in a very short amount of time. It's it's one of those personal games, but it's it's really well done um, to make it fun while also giving you pretty like a dealing with with a pretty important topic. And the idea is just to, to do that until you can't do it anymore. You have three lives, and once those three lives are up, you wake up from your anxiety dream. So. It's a cool little game, um, and like I say, we I downloaded this on Saturday, and it kept me busy on the worst train journey home of all time. So, like I, you know, th- that's my game of the week because that's the only game that I played that wasn't at, at rest at EGX even. Hmm. So yeah, anxiety. Interesting. Uh, is that Don't give it to download on Google Play? Can I get it on there? It's on Google Play. It's on iOS, and it's on PC via Itch, I believe. Sweet. That sounds really interesting. You'll give it a look. It's got. I love games like that. It's wild. <laughs> nice. What's your game of the week, Ross? My game of the week is a game called Far Cry Six. Far Cry Six is a video game made by Ubisoft. You wouldn't be able to guess it, but it definitely is a video game made by Ubisoft. It's. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Every, every review out there has already covered it, kind of to the nines. But it's it's Far Cry. It's Far Cry in a big old open world the biggest one they've ever made the map is absolutely huge and it sums it up well with the point that if you like the formula of ubisoft games if you like the checklists 
the ticking the boxes, the knocking the things off a map over the case course of about 20 or 30 hours, Far Cry 6 is the best version of that that they've made for a long, long time. The world is fascinating. The characters are interesting. You've got a pet freaking crocodile that eats people for you when you're hiding in a bush. You know, there's all these little fun Far Cry things that make it Far Cry, and it's definitely a more interesting world than 5, a more diverse world than 4. Whether it's better than 3, I don't know. It's up for debate, but I'm having a great time with it so far. There's this big serious story that is ridiculous and dumb. Um, It's just another dictator wants to overthrow everything and become the ruler and bring peace they're not they're not they don't think what they're doing is bad but they are bad guys because they're killing people but they're doing it for a purpose etc etc he's a far great villain you know um he's not hugely exciting um john carlos pizza isn't in the game much you only really see him when you've kind of taken down a very serious member of his military um when he does like this big speech and it's not you know he's not hugely terrifying but what is interesting is his son uh diego who Again, isn't in isn't visually in the game a lot, but is a much more interesting character and is so underused, which is such a shame because it's because his role in the whole thing, as it sort of comes full circle, is is really interesting and one of the better quote unquote villains, uh, if you like, uh, from the series for a long time. And but then you know, it's just it's the story's ridiculous because it's Far Cry, and in Far Cry I have a a shotgun which has um wizard neon on it and i have a little two-legged dog called chorizo following me around and distracting guards by being a cute puppy and i'm driving around to listening to ricky martin shooting shooting the macarena out of a gun you know it's very hard to take it seriously when you're in the world of far cry because the world of far cry doesn't take itself seriously and so that juxtaposition is always going to be there i think but it's just fun i love games like this i love far cry games um, I seem to be in the, in the minority. The internet is very divided on whether or not the Far Cry formula needs to be shaken up. But this is what I wanted from Far Cry. This is exactly what I wanted. I haven't had a game like this that I've invested myself in for a while, probably since Far Cry Five. You know, right? Big map. Let's take down all of the all of the leaders in each sector of the map and just have an absolute blast doing it. And that's exactly what I'm doing. Um, I've still got a way to go. I think there's still plenty to uncover. But so far. I am in pro Far Cry camp. I'm having a really great time with it. And I hope that it reaches the right audience because it deserves to do well and not get crapped on just because it's a Far Cry game. If you're not into the big open world Far Cry formula, then there's nothing here for you. Just go move on, play something else. But if you do like big old maps with lots of lots and lots of things to check off, you know, this is it. Fantastic game. Having a great time. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I played the first hour. How you find it? I could have done without all of the. It, it felt ancient at the start. I'll be honest. <laughs> like a lot of it felt so dated, as in just like the whole setup of the whole. So at the start, you have to like follow this character to get out of the town, get out of a boat, etc. Mm-hmm. It felt so PS3 era as a setup. Yeah, but after that, things get better. Like, I'm very impressed with the way... So one of the things that they haven't, like, evolved on is that you have a little mini-map and you can see where enemies are. But it's not like a blip. It's like a, a mist. So yes. so one of the things you can do, like, you, you can see where it's it's dangerous to go, but you don't know where exactly the danger is. 
and it keeps you on your toes. It makes you play the game rather than just going, well, that guy's over there. Mm. That, that, that's an improvement for me over every other Far Cry game. But yeah, that's a good. Show. So, that's good show. So, so far, I'm I'm a bit like, it's definitely Far Cry. Oh, it sure is. Yeah, and <laughs> it, it it's unashamedly Far Cry. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not it, doing I mean, anything that it's trying not to be. If you know what I mean. No, the, the first couple of levels are literally just go here and kill this person, or go here and do this. It's like mm. we're not even going to try and pretend that this isn't anything other than a fetch quest. Yeah, and that's cool. And like. That, you know, for those people out there like me and thee who like to clear a map mm-hmm. and things are going to find this therapeutic in some way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, you know, I've had a pretty rough weekend and uh, playing Far Cry yesterday really, uh, really helped me uh, sort of relax because it's just one of those games. It's yeah. not, again, like you said, it's not trying to be anything that it isn't. It's just exactly what it is. And that's going to work for some people and not for others, but it works for me. So I'm happy. Good. Very I'm happy, happy you're happy. Thanks, man. I'm happy. I'm happy too. It's such a rare thing. No, it's not. I'm right. Uh, <laughs> right. Christ. Let's not go there. Uh, right. Let's crack on with the quiz, Mr. Sean Davies. Let's go. Okay. Oh let's do a quiz. Have you guys got honking buzzers? Oh, I got honking buzzers, bro. Right. Give me a honking buzzer, buzzer, Ross. Hi, mom. <laughs> Fuck. Nice. Uh, I like it. Jesus. Uh, Miles? Oh, hold on. Bear with me. What the fuck? Wow. <laughs> I thought I'd channel a bit of Wesker, seeing as Greg's not here. Thanks. Uh, Kat? Um, I think I'm going to deviate from Pika Pika. Oh, my God. Okay. What? Yeah. And I'm just going to go with whatever, because my phone is being super slow and I don't know why. So I'm just going to go with whatever we pick. So you can choose a number between one and ten. Ten. Okay. Just one second. <laughs> While my phone crashes <laughs> the place. Whoops. This is ridiculous. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's a me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, right. If you've not played this before, I'm going to ask questions. These guys are going to buzz. Play along at home or in the car or whatever you are. Okay, question one. According to the canon of the series created by the Archie comic books, what is Sonic the Hedgehog's middle name? Mark. Hi, Mom! Ross? <laughs> the. No. <laughs> Good guess. That's some ingenuity, that is. Hold on, what, his, his middle name or his real name? His middle name. Oh, um, I'll give it a shot. Well, Miles Ma- Ma- buzz first, so Miles. Ma- platypus. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Sonic Platypus the Hedgehog. No, yep. that's not it, no. <laughs> Cat? Isn't it, like, I thought this was his real name and not, but... Is it like Morris or Maurice or? It is Maurice, but that yeah, but you, you're correct. That's not his real name. But yes, oh. that is his middle name. Well done, Kat. Yay! Fair play. That's, That's like a really knowledge. old fact at the back of my head. I thought it was his real name, though, not his middle name. So apparently, his first name isn't Sonic. It's something like Oli Oliagog or something like that. Oh. So it was Oliagog Maurice the Hedgehog. Oh. Um, but his middle name is Maurice. There we go. And not the which you know. <laughs> I mean, that's a cracking guess, to be fair. And that's something you definitely would do, Sean. That would have been a real big move. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that is my style. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Question two. Since 
2016, which day of the year has been designated by Nintendo as National Mario Day? Hi, Mom! Ross? March the 10th. Correct. Because it spells Mario. Oh, that's... Of course it does. Of course, yeah. Okay, question three. Which video game character was originally green and called Pete, but was changed before release when the designers decided they might get into legal trouble with Disney? Cat? That must be Spyro. Correct. Yes! I don't want to worry you guys, but Cat's in the lead. I was going to say, watch <laughs> out, guys. I might actually win. This is the first sign of the apocalypse. And it's that kitty. And it's that kitty. <laughs> Not kitty. It's me, Cat. Okay. Question wow. four. <clears throat> in which video game series might you find the names Icarus, Pfizer, and Goteki45? Ooh. Miles? ASX? Nope. Uh. Hi, Mom! Ross? Cyberpunk 2077. No. Kat, it's all on you. Icarus, you clutch this one as Pfizer, well? and Goteki45. I want to say Maurice. No, I ain't gonna fucking it up. <laughs> um, <laughs> for, oh, I don't know, the, the Final Fantasy series. No, it was Wipeout. Uh, oh. Of course it is. Oh, uh, yes, all that deep lore of the Wipeout games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you not know the deep lore of the Apparently Wipeout not. Games? Apparently no, not. There you go. That really yeah. classic okay. racing game. Okay, question five. An alternative version of Meryl Silverburr was featured in an earlier Hideo Kojima game before she appeared in Metal Gear Solid. What game was it? Fuck! Miles? Is it Zone of the Enders? It's not! Fuck! I thought you'd get this one. I, I can't believe you didn't. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh, oh. I'm going to kill myself. Like, oh. Okay, uh, Ross? Um, Metal Gear Thomas? <laughs> Nope. Oh no! What was I... it called? I know what it is. Shit. I know what it is now. No, you don't. You said what was it called? Yeah. No, I know what it is it's now. Not guys. It. I'm not going to say it because Cat's lost to go. Yeah. Cat? Wait, can, wait. So wait, can I have the wait? So it's before Metal Gear Solid, yeah. a game that I've never fucking played. <laughs> uh, I, I have no idea. So I'll... there you go, Miles. You can have it. Okay, Miles, what is the answer? I'm not going to give you a point if you get it right. But... For a I don't remember the exact name, but it's got Snatcher in it. Is it like... Uh, is it Body Snatcher or something like that? It's not that either. Is it Metal oh, Gear? Shit. What the no, hell? It's Police Notes. Oh, uh, well, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, question six. Resident Evil was heavily inspired by and originally began development as a re- remake of which other Capcom survival horror game? Cool. Love a good tumbleweed. Damn it, Greg would know this. He probably is screaming at us, being like, it's this, you fucking idiots. He's not listening. No. He definitely is listening. <laughs> Them gamers should definitely know this. Um, no? Hi, Mom! Ross? Uh, Monster Hunter. No. <clears throat> Cattle okay. Wilds? Miles? I'm going to say Devil May Cry, but I'm pretty sure it was the other way around. No, Devil May Cry was originally supposed to be Resident Evil 3. Yeah, I thought Um, so, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cat? 
I don't know. I'm just going to... You're probably going to laugh at this. Is Doom Capcom? No. no then then no, then I don't know. <laughs> oh, but you, 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 I mean, Resident Evil was originally going to be a first-person shooter based on Doom, but no, that isn't what it was based on now. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say, well, you've got it right, but you just <laughs> no, didn't answer it. No. And, that was, <laughs> and I was like, what? Okay, the answer is called Sweet Home. Oh. Uh, okay. Can I just confirm that Kat is still in the lead? Yeah, and also I nearly got a spiritual point there because you know Doom was something to do with Resident Evil. (laughs) Okay, question seven: Which Pokemon is featured on the most expensive Pokemon trading card to sell at auction, selling for three hundred sixty thousand dollars? To me, Ross. That was me. Oh, sorry, Cat. Is it Charizard? It is. (laughs) I'm in the lead. I'm going to win. I genuinely don't think this is, I mean, mathematically, Kat, if, if someone doesn't get this next question right, I think you have one anyway. Oh my God. Um, and do you know what I'm going to tell everybody? Every, I'm going to tell my mum to listen to okay. this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're finally okay. proud of me now, mum. Everybody else there. No, no, I'm kidding. Okay. Question eight. In 1999, Ubisoft bought the publishing rights to the Far Cry franchise from which the German developer? One. Come on, somebody not get it. Miles? Jaeger? No. No. Did they publish what? Far Cry 1? They did publish Far Cry 1. Oh, there's no point fucking giggling it then, is it? <laughs> Kidding. Hi, Mom! Uh, Uber Games. Nope. If that had worked. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Kat, I think that confirms you're a winner. Kat, have you you got a guess? Other than Ubisoft Germany, no. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) They're pulling from themselves. (laughs) Okay, uh, the game, the developer is Crytek. Oh, Um, really? It's in the name for Cry and then Crisis. Anyway, cool. Wow, that doesn't matter because I win, win! <laughs> Adam, 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 you oh. could draw at this point. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, okay, question yes. nine. Footage from which Call of Duty game was used as part of a propaganda video distributed inside North Korea? Hi, Mom! <laughs> Ross? Ross, I swear to God. <laughs> Stand Modern down. War- Modern Warfare 2. Incorrect. Bollocks. Oh, really? Hmm. Hey, Kat? Oh, but, but, uh, uh, Black Ops. No. Black Ops 4, Black Ops 1, Black Ops 2. <laughs> Miles? Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare. No. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Modern, <laughs> Modern Warfare 3. Because oh. <laughs> oh. they invade, like, every other country, don't they? Yes. <laughs> that makes like a lot a of sense. On, I uh, literally okay. thought about that as he said it. I was like, oh, yeah, they invade <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> okay. Uh, question 10. Which game's protagonist was called Ivan the Space Biker for much of its development before thankfully being changed before release? No, no one. Wow. We've been really bad at this quiz. Miles? BJ Blaskovitz and Wolfenstein. No, no. <laughs> Anyone else? Hi, Mom! <laughs> Ross? Uh, Bayonetta. Nope. 
Although that would have been fun. Oh, oh my fun. god, that would be incredible. Cat. Can I stick with my sort of space theme and go Duke Nukem? Uh, you can, but that is incorrect. Damn. Um, the answer was Half Life. Wow. Oh. Wow, that was a rough quiz. Fucking hell, I didn't get Does a that single mean, point. Oh, go on, go on. Was it? Who went? Who won? So, uh, Miles has zero. Oh, fuck all. Ross has one. And Kat has three. Yes! I mean, yeah, of course I do, because I'm so good at <laughs> Ross, you also promised that if I ever want a quiz, that that could be the title of the podcast. So, just letting you know. You're right, I did. Can, you can did. I just say that only four of the ten questions were answered. <laughs> right. Okay, let's not minimise my, my win. Oh, and actually, if anything, that <sighs> makes it better. That makes my win much more successful. As yes, far as like sure. a set of ten questions goes, it was probably easier than like the last three weeks as well. I've, right. I've, I've really Why are we trying to, to minimise my win, Miles? I'm, I'm not, like, <laughs> no, no, I mean like as in on mine and Ross's part, like we did fucking bad. <laughs> mm. Well, thanks very much for that quiz, guys. No, thank you. <laughs> no, no, excellent no, question. No, 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 no. no, that was. And that well, was done, a, Kat. well done, Kat. Kat, Kat won. A, Kat won a very tough quiz. Should we yeah. word it like that? Is that? Yeah. Yes. Thank you. I fucking Kat. A tough quiz. You know, <laughs> for me and Ross. To, very to tough. the to the listeners of this, I apologise because I imagine you're all sitting there getting very frustrated by yeah. very common pieces of information. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I even knew some of the answers to those and just didn't access it at all. <laughs> I'm going to blame like the post EGX blues on everyone. Just no. sucking. No, you're not going to blame anything like anyone. I want Baron Square. Well done, Kurt. Well Do not minimise me. Just because I'm here. Me and Ross were falling apart. Kat absolutely smashed it. So fair play to her. Yeah. Well done, Kat. It did include a Spyro question and yeah. a Pokemon question. But still, you know what you know. You know. It also Jesus. included a Metal Gear question. I still didn't even get that. So <laughs> That's true. That's true. Mm. So. Cracking stuff. Well, I guess Hell Town Freeze over, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> That's the second time. I'm going to tell my friend. She literally <laughs> tells me every week about how I've done all the quiz. And she like, points out one little question. I'm a podcaster, right? Oh, well, I'm not going to put it in the oh. title then. I don't want to spoil it for her. Oh no, you have to put it in the title because she'll be so excited. Maybe oh I won't tell her. She can Jess, if you're listening, I got you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then let's get into what happened in video games this week. And primarily what happened in video games this week is Sean and Greg went to EGX. They traveled all the way to London and played loads and loads of video games. If you want to get the skinny on basically everything they played, you can go back and listen to our EGX podcasts. There are three of them right below this one, and you can get deep diving into everything that they've played but i did want to get a kind of a a full kind of review slash recap of the event itself uh so uh sean davies how was egx 2021 this year it was different Mm. and you might have seen online that there are people demanding some kind of refund i saw the hashtag egx refund going around what's what's all that about so um if, if you if you arrived early on any of the days, you've got a super pass, so you could go in at 10 a.m. Um, it seemed like the place was empty. And there, w- there was, I would say, less than half of the games that are usually on display. There was no Sony, no Xbox, no Nintendo, no Ubisoft, no Activision, no Square Enix. Basically, every, other, every one of the big publishers decided not to attend. 
probably for you know the right reasons um i don't think i don't think anyone at the egx were like okay um we're putting this event on and we're, we're being really unsafe there were covid protocols in place you had to show your nhs uh, covid passport every time you entered the building despite the fact that they didn't really do anything with them they just looked at them just to see if they existed they didn't scan them or anything but you know as an event I think this was a, a testing of the water and a lot of people didn't want this to be a small event. They paid the same amount of money they have for the last couple of years and they wanted the same event and that's not what they got. Personally, I enjoyed it a hell of a lot. For me, it was an event that um, focused on the things that I like and it was a very fun event. I'm going to say that I understand other people's frustrations with it, but my own don't exist. The first day was a bit of a shock, I'll be honest. But after that, it was all good. Mm. It's it, it's interesting one. I remember looking at uh, some pictures of the floor, and it didn't look like EGX at all. It looked like they weren't ready. Do you know what I mean? It looked like it wasn't finished. Yeah, and... there was... Sorry, go ahead. Y- you could tell that there was space left for the publishers. So mm. the the res zone was all kind of the, the first third of the hall. And it was kind of like all of that was rammed together. And then there was obviously, obviously space left for any publishers that decided to turn up. And it felt like that space had then been just absorbed into the other stuff that was there. Like... At one, at one side of the hall, there was just a huge empty space. Mm. And that was like in the middle of the exposition. So it was, you know, I, I understand people's frustrations, but there's no need. Like if, if, if you went there looking for Call of Duty and stuff, I understand that you would might have been disappointed, but that stuff hadn't been announced. So if you turned up, like Greg walks past a kid that was literally crying that there was no PlayStation there. And I think to myself, they, they weren't announced to be there. Yeah. Um, and I guess when you buy these tickets, you either buy them early enough to make sure you get one and run the risk, or you wait and you buy them when you know whether it's worth going or not. Yeah. And they've, they've, they've never said, these people aren't, not, aren't attending, but also I imagine they were trying up until at least a week beforehand to get everyone there that they could. Sure. And yeah. I'll be honest with you, the, the other stuff that existed, so this time they put on Console Corner, which is like they had a load of consoles with the Xbox uh, series on them. So you could go and play Flight Simulator, um, Alien, Fire Team, And these were just like, they weren't run by anyone. They were just loads of consoles set up so you can go and play a load of new games. And they had a huge Minecraft area. And they really went down, like they doubled down on some of the uh, esports. So they had a Tekken and a Street Fighter tournament, and that was area was quite big with lots of Street Fighter and Tekken PCs set up as well. You know, they they, they did their best. There was also this really cool area about a library. So basically, they had loads of old play, old consoles set up, like um, their PS2s, Dreamcasts, N64s, etc. And they had a guy who was running basically a disc library, so you could go and take one of the games you just go and sit down and play it on this old console hmm. which I, I, don't, I don't think i'd seen before but it was it was very cool what was there though the games were great like the red zone was again a highlight the left field collection was awesome both me and greg agreed that this this one game 
Um, you suck at parking was easily the best there. It was fantastic. Yeah. The, the premise is you, you drive a little car and um, you have to try and stick that car in a parking space. But if you stop the vehicle, it stops. That's it. It's stuck to the floor. So you have one chance to drive at a parking space and slap it in that parking space without breaking until then. And right. if you if you do like that car, the, the car that you've now stuck on the floor, you can still knock it on your next try. As like so, in, in one level, you can basically like snooker plant cars into the space by drawing driving them all in a straight line. So you end up with like four cars, each planting the next one in front of it into the space. It's a very smart game, very very fun. They have a publisher now. What we heard at the end of the the weekend that they have a publisher, so oh, that's the game's definitely coming out. So um, yeah, very exciting. Cool man, nice. Yeah, it's a. I have seen some of the discourse around EGX. I mean, I think in years past, what they would do, they would announce games on their website, wouldn't they? And they would say, guess what? This game's going, huzzah! This game's going, huzzah! I mean, the website has always been there. It's like, I don't know, maybe the general populace doesn't know about the fact that the website is where everything gets revealed. I mean, maybe. They, they, they've done a... I know that the, the, the team has changed significantly over the last six to 12 months. Mm. But... The, the website has always stayed relatively up to date. In fact, I think the website was often more up to date than the Twitter was. So, if a game was announced that it was coming, it was on there. On there, they have like a uh, what's on and games that are there. Yeah, you could click on them, and it's separated by zones. So, you had the GX Res zone, and you had the normal zone. That's all there all the time. So, you know, anyone could have gone and checked what was going to be shown that day for any, during the show. And uh, well done on your. Uh your uh, plane that you made oh thank you very much yeah model, model model builder sim so it started off i was desperately so they were running a competition on that store with the, the the booth that game looks phenomenal and it plays even better cool. like you, you you basically put models together paint them and, and it's just a really therapeutic style of game um that has you participate in a hobby that you can't fuck up on a game where you can easily fuck it up in real life. And, you know, it started off, I was trying to do like proper camo on this this uh, <laughs> this Spitfire. And then I was like, do you know what? Screw this. I want to see what I can do. So I was just like Googling the colors. And I was like, gold. I'm going to give it gold engine parts. I'm give it hot pink <laughs> outside. <laughs> give it a black like window and then colored painted finger guns across the wing. Um, do you know everyone? So I hadn't told the developers that I was going to do this, um, and that I started to write finger, and <laughs> then they all got really nervous yeah, until okay. I wrote guns, and then this guy went behind me like, "Oh, that's so cool!" He was like a German guy. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, that's the website I write for." And he was like, "We need to add you to the Discord." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah cool, that's brilliant," but also. Um, like he got so nervous, he thought I was going to like finger banger or something like. That. I don't know what he thought I was going to do. <laughs> he got so nervous. It's great. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, you got to meet. Did you meet Ian Higdon? Uh, he was he was drinking in the same bar as us. Yeah, uh, he's a good he was like he was a couple of feet away. Um, we didn't. Want, so it was like after the Yox Venture stuff, and everyone was knackered. Mm. so um, that bar was full of a lot of tired faces all looking for whatever cheap food was available <laughs> and um, 
Yeah, I mean, we 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 mingled with a lot of lot of press this time around. Um, we we did a lot of networking, and uh, we met a lot of cool people. So, yeah, Greg Greg's just the master of networking. Like I was there to play the games, and Greg was just schmoozing, and uh, he did it really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a he's a charming bastard, is our Greg. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, pain in the ass. Oh yeah, that too. But also, I, I, I wanted to go and go go back to the hotel and sleep. And he's like, <laughs> "Come on, let let's go and schmooze. Let's go rub shoulders with the the big cheeses and whatnot." Um, but there was an embarrassing moment on the uh, last night where we were in the loading bar and we were playing Smash Brothers, and <laughs> I ended up was like just introducing myself to random people, and then this this guy. Uh, he started shaking my hand and I didn't really understand what he was saying. Uh, and then we played Smash and I, I absolutely killed him. And I was like, I'm sorry, I did introduce myself. My name's Sean Davis from Figure Guns. And he went, Hi, my name's Dave from BAFTA. Like, <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> oh, D- Dave from BAFTA. Dave, the head of BAFTA games? Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, no, no. <laughs> so we're never getting an invite to BAFTA. Okay. So you you smashed the head of BAFTA at Smash. <laughs> yes. Love it. That's as, awesome. As uh, I think it was Jiggly. No, um, I was Sep- Sephiroth at that time. So, cool. yeah, it's good. It's good Very times. Nice. Excellent, man. I'm glad you had a good time, despite its yeah. uh, rather minimal, uh, minimal yeah. in comparison I mean, to years before. Anyway, yeah, we, we, I've got a couple of write-ups going up at some point this week. Um, if you want to check those out, they're on me on figureguns.net. But there's going to be a top X indie games from the show. And I'm writing a piece about interactive fiction because that was kind of a big thing from the show. So um, look out for those on the website. Sweet. Can't wait. Plug, 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 plug. (laughs) Uh, Right then, let's get into some news. And something big this week was quite an interesting quote from Jim Ryan, who is the head of Sony Interactive Entertainment. Um, He says, I'm going to read from VGC, uh, Mr. Andy Robinson. Sony Interactive Entertainment boss Jim Ryan has said he's frustrated at how PlayStation's first-party games are gated to their current console model audience of tens of millions of players. Speaking at a keynote during GI Live London, the PlayStation boss said he aspired to reach hundreds of millions of players and rival the reach of movies and music. Quote, I hope the PlayStation 5, and I really believe the PlayStation 5 will be Sony's biggest and best and most loved PlayStation yet. I hope that will happen. I would also like to see a world where the games that we make at PlayStation can be enjoyed by tens of millions of people, perhaps hundreds of millions of people. Right now, success with the current console model, a really great PlayStation hit, you're talking 10 to 20 million people being able to play that game. We're talking about games stacking up against music. We're talking about games stacking up against movies. Music and movies, they can be enjoyed by almost limitless audiences. And I think some of the art that our studios are making is some of the finest entertainment that has been made anywhere in the world. And to gate that audience for the wonderful art, wonderful entertainment that our studios are making, to get the audience for that at 20 or 30 million frustrates me. I would love to see a world where hundreds of millions of people can enjoy those games. Now, this is very interesting considering Sony's kind of like storm stance on console exclusives. So, uh, uh, Miles, what's your take on Sean? You can have a rest, take a break. You've been talking <laughs> to the quiz and then that. Uh, Miles, what, what's your take on this? Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Jim Ryan. I think he's a bit of an arrogant dick, to be honest. I mean, he's no Sean. <laughs> He's, he, he's no Sean Layden. We know this. No, he's not. No, he's really not. And he uh, he just talks and acts like a businessman, um, which obviously he is. He's head of a multi-billion dollar company. But equally, I don't, I don't know. I don't think he quite 
gets video games that well for someone who's the head of a company which makes well which provides the consoles for them mainly but i don't know you can't really compare video games to music and film because if you're going to go out to get a cd which no one even does anymore it's a one-time purchase and that's it whereas with the console for sony you're asking people to invest a lot of money to start and video games are not a cheap hobby they are in terms of uh the return on your time you know if you put enough time into a game you know it, it can equate out to incredibly cheap but you have to make a big upfront investment on the console to have the tv and the hardware and everything else that you need to make it worth it whereas you can go watch a movie anytime and it's a one purchase and they're not cheap anymore it is expensive to go to the cinema but it's still you know a one-off kind of purchase and you can go as many times as you want and i just think games are not quite there despite how many people own consoles and i think he's been I feel like Sony have got a little bit misled because although the PS5 is selling incredibly well, it's kind of a bit misleading because A, a lot of that was scalping um, and B, it's because the demand for it was so massive because there was so little capacity and supply, which is kind of artificially driven up. Like the kind of the idea of it, I suppose, of owning it has become more appealing. And I don't know. I feel like it's not a bad thing to aim for to make it a product which you want millions upon millions of people to to own and to buy and that's only going to increase the the quality of the games that they're going to get because they'll get more money and more funding and they'll go into the first party studios hopefully or you know even into third party studios but i just don't think it's that realistic to expect that it's going to be on the same kind of reach that you know music can be or even movies can be because although video games as an industry make a hell of a lot of money, I think actually video games make more money as an industry overall than movies and music, don't they? Yeah, it does every single year. Yeah, so, so there's a lot of kind of, you know, potential there. But the problem is it's an incredibly competitive market. You know, Sony's not just up against Microsoft and Nintendo. They're up against every indie developer and independent kind of publisher and studio and everything else. And... I don't know. I feel like the competition is pretty fierce. And I just, I don't know. I kind of was reading that article and I was a bit like, it's not bad to aim for. And I do think it may work very well, end up selling better than the PS2. I just don't quite buy into this idea that it's going to be this, you know, world reaching every second person is going to have one and be playing it consistently and not doing anything else. You know, I think he's just got a little bit too ambitious for his uh, boots, but then, I suppose you kind of have to be in that position. You can't just sell for what you have. You have to aim for more. But yeah, I don't know. I'm a bit kind of mixed about it. I can see why he kind of feels that way and why he's saying these kind of things. It's the right kind of message, I guess, he wants to send. But equally, I'm not sure I buy into it totally, personally. Yeah, it's a very interesting stance to take uh, when your your console has for so long been like, nope, you can only play on PlayStation. Games, yeah. PlayStation. There's a PlayStation. And now they're like, well, we want it. We want it. We want to sell hundreds of millions of games, and there's no way to do that if these games stay on a single console. That's it. Like, you have to wonder what could possibly be in PlayStation's future if this is where the head of the company wants them to go. Hmm. Yeah, it's and very it, interesting. And even if you look at like we've spoken a lot about Game Pass and playstation and sony haven't been willing to take on that model yet and i think if you want to bring in those kind of numbers you need something like a netflix on your console to make people willing to just do a one-off purchase do a subscription get all the games that they need that will bring in more of the people that they want and although they have playstation now it's just not on the same level that game Pass is. and when microsoft is offering that 
you're not going to get those kind of numbers coming onto your console if you're not going to provide an equivalent competitive service. And I, mean, I, I don't think we'll ever see a PlayStation Game Pass. I think that's no. Sony just haven't got the capital. No, Microsoft are a two trillion dollar company, and <laughs> you know they they can afford for Game Pass to fail. People are like, oh, we tried it, it didn't work. Fortunately yeah. for them, it's really really working. Whereas Sony would have to take a fucking gamble to do one of their own to go. Yeah. Okay, God of War Ragnarok, Rise of the Middle West, day one on PlayStation Game Pass. Wait, what? You know, a lot of their yeah. money. They they were saying a lot of their money comes from software. A good amount of it, I one would imagine. Mm. And so, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's obviously. I would love a PlayStation Game Pass. That would be absolutely incredible. Um, something I would sign up for immediately. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't see it. And I think even like Sony have incredible exclusives. You know, there's a reason mm. that I've I've stuck with Sony throughout all of the the consoles and. I just, I don't well, know. You've got a shiny Xbox. I know. Now I've got a shiny Xbox, courtesy of your fair self. And um, yeah, I just feel like even with the exclusives of the quality that they are and how good they are and how much I love them, they are a very, I was kind of uh, watching a video the other day, which was talking about how it's quite like an, an homogenized group of games where they're all very similar. They're all very kind of story driven, third person, action, adventure type games. There's not a lot of variety in Sony's kind of, first party lineup and if people don't really like those kind of games if they're not that bothered by them they're not going to buy your 350 400 pound console just to just to play those and i think you know if he really wants to expand out to those kind of numbers of people you have to provide them with all the choice that they're going to want and yeah i just i don't know it just seems way too a little bit arrogant and way too ambitious to me personally but i Mm. guess that's why he's the head of a multi-billion dollar company and i'm not yet yet still could happen still could happen oh, yeah um cat what's your take on this where do you see uh sony's first party going if they want to reach hundreds of millions of dollars worth of people what's the answer cat what's the answer i just don't know man i just don't know i i initially read this and i thought well first of all you have to make your consoles accessible like half the world is still trying to get your fucking console so get that sorted first and i think as well playstation are kind of at the moment adapting a bit of an iphone kind of i guess message where they kind of say right well we're gonna you know semi-retire all the previous consoles i know this might be the same in in kind of all the consoles but i feel like playstation are taking on a little bit more where they're like oh that might not be on ps4 and that you and it's just kind of like okay cool but would it be nice that you can you know that people can feel like you know they don't have to like miles was saying quite rightly you don't have to fork out 500 quid just to start and it is an expensive hobby and it does get a lot of revenue i don't think it's i don't think he's like overreaching by saying that you know hundreds of millions of people can should be on playstation but i think that his conviction of how he's going to do that is arrogant because like you were saying about game pass you know microsoft that you know arguably well not arguably but playstation's biggest competitor microsoft do have game pass and we've all banged on all year about how how game pass is really lucrative and really good and and the fact that actually there's there's a hell of a lot coming to game pass and actually game pass is a little bit of an all-rounder and i think that sony have become a little bit arrogant and i think and i've been saying this for you know i think this is probably the fourth pod i've said it on is that that sony are kind of that they're saying a lot of stuff and not really doing much and if they're not doing anything they're not saying anything either and they they bet their money on all these first parties but 
that's it. Like Miles was saying, he makes a great point that a lot of the first parties are very similar with a very similar formula. You've got Ratchet and Clank, Horizon and God of War. All of those games are open world. All of those games are story based. All of those games are like, you know, third person. You know, it's the same stuff. Um, so, yes. And they don't as well make a big thing about advertising PlayStation now as much as Game Pass is advertised. And I think you have a you have a somewhat formula. It's not the best formula, Nod, but even your formula for Game Pass, or what you call your, your little version of Game Pass, whatever that might be, but not really, that's not, you're still not hyping that up. So it feels like they've got some ideas, but they feel like they're too arrogant to put the work in it's like just because you say it isn't it doesn't mean it's going to happen like you actually need to make your console accessible you know you need to make your console it's, it's nearly a year in fact it's over a year now hasn't it isn't it the ps5 being released and very yeah, close very close yeah so. and you know people are still bloody well having twitter alerts on still um so yeah i i can't much add much more to you guys conversation i think that think that yeah it's, it's a bit of an arrogant it's a bit of an arrogant phrase but I don't think it's impossible because I think that one day games will match up to music and movies yes okay there's there's but I think that formula is probably everybody joining together and sucking up really probably one day is you know joining forces in some sort of you know cuddle <laughs> some uh, big game cuddle nice, um but you know, like Netflix and Amazon, they do just fine separately. But also, they they do very well still as well. And I think that you know, like like Mike Miles was saying, um, gaming is is the most you know, it's the most revenued. You know, it's coming up against films, and so you know, which is really strange because people still look down on games like stigmary. Um, a stigma like when you're older and you're playing games. Anyway, that's besides the point. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it, it helps that games are. Like you know, seven times the price of movies. That's very true. But yeah, that's very true. But there's you know, th- there's always that popularity. I mean, Call of Duty will outsell any movie this year. Exactly, and also as well with Call of Duty, you're getting hours and hours of story, and you're getting hours of however much you play online. If we were to get hours and hours of, I don't know, Scooby Doo Murder Mystery Van, you know, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure we're not really going to watch that. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know, it swings around about, but I feel like Sony have to put in the work. They can't just say stuff and and expect it to happen out of thin They've got to put the work in, and unfortunately, Microsoft have really put the work in no. uh, with Game Pass and, and all that. So. We'll see. Then again, if if Marvel were to release a thirty-five hour cut of Spider-Man: No Way Home, I would watch that with yeah, bells on. Yeah, just for Tom Holland because he's a funny guy. So yeah, you just yeah. watch it for Zendaya, wouldn't you? Definitely right? not just for Zendaya. <laughs> uh, Sean Jim Ryan wants to reach hundreds of millions of players. How does he do that? I don't know. All right, cool. Well, okay, let's move on then. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, th- I think you might. I. I... I'm going to be interested in what he what he does to back this up because one one of the things that's always stood in the way of gaming is the is the barrier to entry. If it's not price, it's the ability to hold the controller and use it uh, effectively. Which you know, TV and movies, music they don't have that. You know, CD players are cheap, streaming's cheaper. Blu-rays, DVDs, etc. They all exist, and people have, have been able to use them for a while. But there's that many different controllers out there and stuff that, even if even if you had, if you sold, you know, this many PS5s, say you give 200 million PS5s away, 
you would only still have a core group of gamers who would know how to use that console effectively and would spend money regularly. You know, the PS2 era, they, it's it sold 100 million copies, but can you remember how many of those were just DVD players? Because, you know, how many were just CD players even? Yeah. Because they were cheap, you know? They were cheaper than a, a DVD player. So it was just to do it that way. So, you know, it's 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 an interesting thought. I don't know what he's going to get out of it. I'll be interested to see what he does next. I, Would is it impossible to consider they'll be put on other platforms? No, I don't think it is. I think hmm. one of the things that's I think Jim Ryan looks at this as as the market and he sees the fact that he's got a console on the market and it's the the market leader. And he's making a ton of money out of this. But he, he is also looking at the fact that you've got games like uh, Fortnite and you've got games like Call of Duty um, Blackout that are doing numbers that Sony would absolutely love. And the barrier to entry for them is nothing. You know, you just need to have some kind of hardware that will play it. Um, and it's it'll play on a mobile phone. I think what he what he wants is a piece of that pie, and if it means putting it on other platforms, I don't know. We'll have to mm. see. But it, it's for me. If if you know if you're a businessman, um, your consoles have never made you enough money. You know, consoles. I think I think this this I imagine this will be the last console generation, because I think we are moving to a service driven world where we'll have an Xbox Game Pass, which will exist on whatever format you want it to exist on, whether that be your TV, your phone, you know, your smart fridge, whatever. Mm. You know, I, I just think that I think everyone's wised up to the fact that selling hardware is, is a mugs game when the money is in games itself. So I think Jim Ryan's cotton on to that fact. And, you know, he knows that there are, much much bigger pools of people to sell games to than the pool they're currently selling to. Yeah, I mean, I think I think TV's moving in that direction as well. Have you seen Sky Glass? I have not. It's the new the new Skybox. It's built into a TV that you buy from Sky, and everything you get is streaming, no satellite, so it's all streaming. Oh, that's like basically my house just with a smart TV. Yeah. So what does so that it's... do? That's there's any more? That's any better than? A smart TV. It's Sky, dude. <clears throat> but they are fucking shite. Dude. It's Sky built into a big ass TV, and you pay like thirty pound a month for this big ass TV and Sky, and that's your lot. It's like renting a mobile phone, I guess. Do you get all the Sky channels? Yep. Oh, that's not a bad idea then. It's pretty cool. Do you get, do you get Netflix and everything else, or uh, you do with the ultimate HD package? Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> Of course, that doesn't come with uh, sports or cinema or anything. But oh yeah, well, yeah. Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> By the time you finish, you're paying two hundred quid a month anyway. Yeah, well, there you go. Sky around the ball, but yeah, just... what what the the thing I was trying to connect was, it's all streaming. There's no physical thing now that you need that is going to provide you with the bloody TV, and you can just stream it from there. No, once this, I feel like there's always going to be a need to have a physical medium for certain games because the latency, you know. Fighting games will never be good on streaming. There will always be the niche of people that need that to be good, need it to be instant, 
needed it to, to be only the latency between your finger and the TV, mm. not the streaming as well. But, you know, for almost everything else, you know, can, if, can you imagine if um, Sony decided, okay, we're going to make Life is Strange style games with the budget of a Last of Us, a Last of Us game and we're going to push it on a streaming platform like Netflix. You know, the emotional dramas, huge budget, biggest platform in the world for distribution. You'd reach every, you know, it wouldn't be hundreds of millions, it'd be tens of hundreds of millions. Yeah, worldwide, yeah, it'd be crazy. Wow. Netflix so, are getting into games as well, aren't they, see? They are, and there's, there's some kind of connection with Sony. Um. So we'll have to see. Very exciting. Uh, right then, let's get into... Uh, yeah, we're going to stick with PlayStation. And apparently, a big old remake is being announced this Christmas, according to a musician who claims to be involved with its soundtrack. Uh, folk singer Eva McMahon, I apologise if I'm screwing that up, he now performs as Ava, told Irish radio station WLRFM's Lunchbox show on Thursday that she has recorded an Irish language theme for the game, which is yet to be revealed. I just recently wrote a song for a PlayStation game with Michael McGlynn, McGon- McMahon said. Well, there's a lot of mooks. That's actually happened about a year and a half ago. It was just as the pandemic hit. Michael got in touch and just said, listen, we're writing music for a remake of a PlayStation game. And he does that a lot. He's done a lot of writing for different games that are very well-known, but I'm not actually a gamer myself. So, yeah. That's it. Just lots of words that she says. So, a remake for a game with an Irish language music theme. Kat, what is it? Fucking clue, pal. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. I mean, I think it's the PlayStation exclusive, isn't it? So, beats me. Michael McGlynn has done stuff like um, Diablo and Xenoblade. Um... Two games of which I've not played. Um, but nevertheless, we've got Diablo, Diablo 3 coming out. So, well, we just come out now. But um, so it's not going to be Diablo. Um, oh, I've got no idea. I mean, I think people want Jack and Dexter because that'd be cool. Um, but I, why Irish? That's what I want to know. Is it something piratey? Like, what's going on here? And that's not derogatory in any sense, but like, obviously, you're going to go like folky. And that sounds a bit. I don't know, it just feels like everyone's saying Irish, and I'm like, is that significant, or are people just kind of clutching at straws? Well, but, they made it, it's, you know, the, the song is in the Irish language, and I'm trying to... That's what those, I mean, yeah. Any, like, why? any game from back in the day that had... What would be... What is, we're probably all going to kick ourselves when this is released. Um, I hope it's something fun, and I hope it's something that, you know, blows our tiny little minds. That'd be really yeah. cool. Um, but no, not, not a clue. Um... I don't even know what I'd like it to be like at this point, but yeah, I'm really kind of, I'm really kind of no idea. But hopefully, it's a good Christmas present. And you know how if it's been developed, if she if they did that kind of a what like a year and a half ago, hopefully, you know, it's going to be announced at Christmas, and it might be out in February to join all the other games that are coming out in February. Um, <laughs> but yeah, not a clue here, I'm afraid. So we want to say I have heard of it now, and I have been told, confirmed, it's a big game, which is great. Yeah. So there you go. That's that's there all we have go. thus far. Uh, Miles, what is it? I don't like to beat a dead horse, but but if but it's metal, if you say metal, 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 metal,
the epilogue to Metal Gear Solid when the credits roll is sang by an Irish singer and it's an Irish song. Ooh. Oh, okay. Oh. So I'm not just making this shit up. They could, in theory, <laughs> I did be see, recording that. So I did see on research they some MGS fans are highlighting that it could be MGS. But... I mean, I'm not going to get excited again because I've had my heart broken about three <laughs> times already this year. But, you know, it may... No, maybe. I don't know. Obviously, can you, know, can you repeat the question? <laughs> I mean, Virtuous are apparently working on an unannounced remake, which apparently is Metal Gear Solid 3. Mm. Right? But you never know. Sony might have snapped up the first one. Yeah, they could yeah. be doing it as well. Imagine if it's like a double announcement. Yeah, but why see Metal Gear and then Metal Gear 3? Oh, Metal no. Gear 2 is like, guys... Guys, I'm yeah, right here. Uh, yeah, but Metal Gear Solid 2 was polarizing for a lot of people. So, you know. Oh. Yeah, but you, if, if, if you're going to release one and three, you kind of have to release two as well, don't you? Surely. Uh, well, canonically, you would want to do three, then one. Yeah. Oh, you think they're releasing them in chronological order? This is what I said the other day, where, you know, if you're going to play the series uh, as, as it is, you know, to make sense in time, you would want to play three, then one, then two, and then. Four, yeah. <laughs> hmm. I guess Sweet. we're just gonna skip portable ops and Peace Walker and oh, five fuck and me, all the rest. Jesus <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I started. Um, I started three this week on PS Now, and um, yeah, it's pretty boring. I say I started watching it anyway. I, th- I, I think I played about six minutes of that game. That doesn't surprise me. Because <laughs> I watched you, the other an hour and a half. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of cutscenes at the start of that game. Yeah, yeah. A lot, yeah. But yeah I think so. I think I'm, I'm already lost. But uh, yeah, could be uh, could be that could be that. Sean, what is it? I have a few theories. Go for it. Um, so the first one is probably not it. It's probably me wanting it more than it probably is going to be true. But it's folklore, which was a, a PS3 game that released very early on in the PS3 days, and. It didn't do so well because the PS3 wasn't selling very well at the time, but I fucking loved that game. And that was set in a Irish town and it's got like a lot of uh, Celtic mythology. If they were going to remake that game, um, it wouldn't, sorry, like remake or remaster, uh, that would, would not take a whole lot because the art style was fucking great. The visuals weren't like, like amazing, but the art style was amazing. So... You know, that's, that's one theory. Second theory, uh, the getaway. So I was thinking about British franchises that Sony own. And I'm thinking, okay, well, if you're going to have like a, an Irish bar in the getaway, you kind of want that. And then I've come to my third and final theory, which is I, I think is probably the most realistic. I, I try to think of games that would, obviously this is going to be presented at the Game Awards. And... Obviously, the Game Awards is going to contain Kojima's new game. I think this song might be for Silent Hills or the Silent Hill remake or whatever version of Silent Hill that Kojima is now working on. And I say this because I don't see any other situation other than Kojima asking for it where someone would go out and work with a particular artist to write a song in this particular way because Kojima likes that kind of stuff. He's an auteur in that way. If he wanted a song in a particular way, he would get that. And I get the feeling that if he wanted 
a song for a trailer to announce a new game. It doesn't have to necessarily be set in Ireland, but can have that language in it. And I think that's a Kojima kind of thing to do. So I think that's the most realistic option. If it's getting announced in mm. December, and we obviously know that, you know, there is a Resident Evil game in the works at Sony by Kojima, then why not? Indeed. Get hype, Miles. Get hype. I can't do it again, man. I'm not having my heart <laughs> broken again. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I mean, we, we know this is happening, though, don't we? We know this, we know this for sure now. We know that the Silent Hill is back on the menu. And we know that, you know, two Japanese, sorry, two um, Eastern developers are working on them, one of which we know and one we don't. And Kojima's working on something but hasn't announced it. And we know he's working with PlayStation again. So, I mean, the dots, the dots, man. The dots. <laughs> it's like abandoned yeah. all over again. Only Sean's in on it now. <laughs> to be abandoned fair, abandoned is never going to be that. Don't start with this <laughs> To be fair, your uh, your theory is much more logical than mine. And I think it was for Death Stranding. I think there's the story of how Kojima got the the band on board for that one, uh, who do a lot of the music. And he said he went on like a trip to some Scandinavian country and was in a taxi. And he heard them on the radio. Yeah, yeah, and um, he heard them on the radio and. Um, he asked the taxi driver who it was and he decided there and then he was going to put them in the game and make them like the star musical composers for the, the whole game. Yep. Well, well, well. Buddy Kojima again. He just went again. Oh, that scamp. Cool. Well, that's all very exciting. Uh, looking at Christmas, the Game Awards, I guess, will be the announcement. For sure. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. nothing else going on in December, is there? Don't see a PlayStation experience happening anytime soon. Well, you never know. Never know, but it seems unlikely if they can just throw it at the Game Awards, to be honest. I mean, yeah. I mean, I would love for that to come back. Yeah. And for it to be in Stoke. Yeah, that would be perfect, wouldn't it? Or Taunton. Or Taunton. <laughs> Taunton would be ideal. Sure, yeah. sure it would. Yeah. <laughs> Although right now I couldn't get there. I'd have to miles or cat pushing me around in a wheelchair. Just be like, yay, PlayStation. Very enjoyable. We'd take you, buddy. It'd be good Thanks, fun. man. I appreciate that. <laughs> also, Ross, yes. what if it's Killzone? Well, then I'll throw my PlayStation in the bin and say, fuck you, I'm going Xbox for life. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to get your reaction. What's your that? beef with Killzone? It's so good, man. It's shit. Give me that oh, garbage. Yeah. Wow. It's shit. Compared to, yeah, I, compared to Chief, compared to Master Chief, give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Nah, not a fan. Not a fan. But that's all right. There are a lot of people are, and I'm sure one day you'll get Killzone back. Maybe. I don't know. I hope you do, because I'm going to stop talking about it. Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) Right, let's get into our favorite things. And this week, we are going for our favorite game, Villain, because we're getting into spooky season. So we're all talking about bad guys and spooky things. So, our favorite game, Villains. Kat, who is your favorite game, Villain? Um, so I wanted to not go of the obvious, um, like, you know, Eggman or Bowser. Um, and my favorite game villain is a spoiler 
for a game called The Last of Us. So if you haven't played The Last of Us, you're going to need to skip, I don't know, about five minutes or so, depending on how much I ramble on. So uh, do that now. But if you haven't played The Last of Us, then what the fuck have you been doing uh, with your game in life? Um, so my my favourite game villain, as you can probably guess now, is David from The Last of Us. That was a turn of events, my friends. What a turn of events that was. And I've got a real thing about people like chasing me. Like, I feel like when I go up the stairs, I have this like really like intrusive thought that someone's chasing me and it really scares me. And that level is like the epitome of that dream uh, intrusion um, because he's just chasing you around a table and it really scares the fuck out of me. Um, so, you know, if, if you can't remember what happens, obviously you befriend a guy called David and he seems very lovely, he takes you in, he buys you food, well, he doesn't buy you food, but he gives you food, um, you know, makes sure that you're rested and then you find out that he's eating people <laughs> and you are eating people um, and you have to try and escape, but they um, they won't let you escape and so you have to kill him instead. So, and it's a really, really, and Joel is very injured at this point. He's uh, very sick and injured and uh, it is Ellie that has to take the reins on that one. And that is just such a turn of events in a story where you think that you found some solace and some peace and a little bit of rest. And uh, yeah, that, that was a, that was a good moment for me. Um, uh, but also um, friendly shout out to Ripperoo from the Crash Bandicoot series, because nothing makes me smile more than that <laughs> thing. That, okay, that was an awful impression of Ripperoo, but the laugh from Ripperoo, nothing makes me smile. When I played Crash 4, and that boss came back in. Oh, great. What a great guy. What a great villain. He's just a laughable kind I mean, of that is a thing. That is a leap from David. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I really wanted to, like, you know, like, honorable mention, Ripperoo, you know, because what a weird villain that is. Um, mm. But yeah, that's uh, that's my that's my favorite villain. I, I'm trying to rack my brain of all the games that I've played. And I always come back to that, that, that level because it scares the fuck out of me. Yeah, super ship. I, I just got to that part in, Res- in in The Last of Us. Did you? I genuinely have not played it all the way through. Yeah, and that was that was where I just got to. Okay. Oh. So, Did I spoil it for me for you? Yeah. That's. <gasps> you should have said something. <laughs> Sean, you should have interrupted me and said, "No, don't say anything. I'm playing it." Um, sorry, man. Sorry. That's fine. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's fine. I'm just gonna just uh, I'm gonna spell something else for you or something. I'm okay. Trying to fine. think of a villain now from a game you like. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. I'm so I'm so I'm, sorry. I'm ch- it's fine. It's fine, Cassie. It's, <laughs> it's my <laughs> fucking is... problem for not playing the game for like twenty. Yeah, years. I mean that too. But but yeah, that's why I wanted to like give you like a moment to be like you know skip five minutes, do this, do that, and just in case anyone into it, I just thought you'd have played it because you're such a game legend. No, um, I, have, I have a major problem with playing good games. Oh, do you, are you like a do you are you like an anarchist? And you're like now you told me to play it, and now I won't. <laughs> no, I I okay. Do, do, you, do you ever get like a hangover after a big game? Yes. Like I don't know what the, the, there's a fucking term for it now. Yeah, I think there was in books as well. Yeah, so you you play you like the ghost of that game. It just fucking hangs around. You play a good game, and then the next thing you know, you just don't want to play any other game ever, and then it takes you like a week. Okay. So I I hate that. I, I genuinely try to avoid games, right? Like some games start getting under my skin. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to play something else. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly what I mean. Stupid, but that's I what I do. Exactly. So were you the last of us drunk or were you hung over from a different game that made you not want to 
I was, I was I was playing The Last of Us. I, I didn't even start it for months. I had it, didn't start it for months. I think I bought it off Ross. Did I buy it off you, Ross? Well, anyway. Um, yes. I, I had the game and I put it in, played about 20 minutes. I was like, this is very good. And then I didn't play it. And then... <laughs> very Ross, good. I'm a bit drunk. I'm hungover. I'm playing a different game. <laughs> six months, like six months ago, I started to pick it up again and started playing bits. And uh, yeah. Oh, well. oh dude, I feel it's so okay. awful. It's okay. Like I, I know what happens at the end. Like I know, like people have explained the entire of the Last of Us two to me. It's like that's okay. It's fine. I'm not going to the first game. It's, oh, it's just a shame that you've not. You're not going to experience that moment. But when you but do, I, you'll know. I wish you. I wish you get hung over on it now. It's fine. That's true. Yeah. That's true. It's a really scary uh, level, though. So. Thanks, Kat. Well done. Sorry. You've saved me a hangover. Wow. <laughs> Fucking hell. I win the quiz, and then here's my downfall. <laughs> anyway, I win the quiz. I don't, I don't yeah. remember that happening. I definitely remember that. I don't remember that. Uh, Miles, your favourite game villain? Uh, I can't actually talk about mine because you're playing it, Ross. <laughs> oh, um, the Metal Gear 3? Yeah. Oh, I don't care. I'm not gonna. I'm not, I'm not gonna finish it. Not bothered. Okay, cool. no, don't care. Uh, so, have you met the boss yet? You should have done. Oh God, Spike! Jesus Christ, Miles. Yeah. No. Well, um, yes, I have met the boss. Yeah. Well, it turns out she's actually the villain of the piece. <gasps> but, but the reason that she's such a good villain is because at the end, as long as you don't care about spoilers, Ross or anyone else, say your piece now. No, good. No, um, no, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's because at the end of the game, you actually discover she's not the villain at all. But for the purpose of why you're playing it, she is one of the best villains because she's obviously so emotionally connected to Big Boss or who's Naked Snake at the time. And as you're playing through the game, her whole role is to kind of prepare you and force you, force Naked Snake. Jack, whatever, um, to overcome all of his kind of emotional connections to people to help him become, you know, the soldier he needs to be. And the reason that she's so effective a villain in the game is because effectively what Metal Gear Solid 3 does is it kind of sets off all of the chain of events that turns Big Boss into a villain later down the line. So without the boss, you would never have had Big Boss and then you never would have had any of the other Metal Gear games. And I think Kojima did a fucking really good job of managing to retcon a lot of the history from the original Metal Gear games in Metal Gear Solid 3. Um, but she's such an effective character in the game and she's personalised so well with like a really clear ide ideology and a kind of ethics and morals that when you're fighting against her, you don't want to. And it's genuinely one of the best quote unquote boss battles at the end of the game as you face off in like this it's kind of like a white flowered field and her kind of camouflage is all kind of like white colored as well. So she blends in. It's a really beautiful moment. It's all done in silence. You know what Kojima's like with music and stuff, but this boss battle takes place in complete silence, which is completely just juxtaposed to like most of the other boss battles in most of his games. And it was just such a massive emotional payoff to do that boss battle. And then you only discover afterwards that she actually wasn't the villain all along and that all the things that you were led to believe about her were actually incorrect so i went with her simply because of the that game was one of the first games that really kind of messed me up emotionally like you just talked about kind of game hangovers and metal gear solid 3 was a massive one probably one of the first ones i really had in my early gaming career as a kid and it kind of really changed how i viewed video game stories and it was largely because she is the kind of centerpiece of that story and that narrative and she's a really effective villain because she, you so emotionally connect to her despite the fact that you know you have to beat her just the same as jack does more naked snake um so i went with her because she's the most kind of emotionally connected one 
but I also have spoken about a couple others before, which was Voss uh, from Far Cry 3. I just wish he was in the game more. Um, and the other one is from Spec Ops The Line because you're the bad guy. Um, so I wanted to give a couple of shout outs for those. And also from Red Dead Redemption 2, I thought of Dutch as well. So yeah, those are mine. Solid choices, man. Solid choices. Good old Vaz. He always pops up. I think he's a, he's a real kind of all-time favourite villain for a lot of people. Yeah, I just think you can't really consider that list without him just because of how like how well-crafted he was as like mm. a bad guy. And again, obviously Far Cry 6 is out now, so we've got the DLC to look forward to, but it's amazing. I think they added up the amount of time he's actually on screen for in Far Cry 3 is next to nothing. Like it is basically nothing at all. And yet he's so well-remembered because every line he has and everything he does in those moments is like, amazing and it's just like in silence of the lambs with um uh, anthony hopkins and again he's only in the film for like you know a few minutes maximum but all of those minutes are absolutely like spellbinding and Mm. i feel like bus is very much the same of you don't see much of him but that only leaves you just wanting so much more of him because of how good he was um so yeah i feel like you can't ignore him really yeah for sure sure good shout uh, 33 pounds that season pass so far cry 6 and the season pass 90 quid if you want to play as vars um i mean love it probably still will <laughs> yeah yeah uh yeah i haven't jumped for the season pass yet but the content's not available yet so patience you know all in good time and sean your favorite game villain um it's nemesis from resident evil oh cool this this villain i think for me at the time was the one that broke the rules the most and screwed my brain up because they had been so accustomed. So after you played Resident Evil 1 and 2 and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to run away, shut the door, and it's fine because I'm safe. Or, you know, I'm going to get to a safe room. And this, this villain is one that chases you throughout the game. Like, it is persistence. And every battle you have with it is scarier than the last one. And it's like... It's the the villain that continually evolves throughout the game and fucks you up more as you play because it just gets scarier. And it's like the part where, okay, I've managed to escape and it comes through a wall and you're like, fuck. And that doesn't happen in Resident Evil. You're not supposed to be able to do that. I've closed the door. The loading screen has happened. You are now trapped and it doesn't happen. You know, it's a constant threat. And as villains go... It's got as much charisma as saying stars repeatedly. And it looks like a a guy in a suit covered in spaghetti bolognese. But it's fucking terrifying. And I still think it's one of the best things to come out of Resident Evil. And that's why it's one of my favourite films. Great shout. I remember seeing the first time I saw the artwork for him in the remake. I was like, man, that is a that is, that is a scary bastard because he was never really that scary to me yeah. growing up. I, I didn't play Resi Three, obviously, growing up, but I saw images like, well, that's not scary. But yeah, they really done him justice in the remake. I think I, I, the thing is with in the original, it was just the way that he broke the rules that had already been established by the series. Sure, like he would chase you, which I know Mister X did in I think it was two in whatever story, but not to this degree. It was like a constant, persistent threat. And it was like, no matter what you did to get away and however far you move forward, it was like he was always waiting for you for another fight. 
until the end and it was like oh god damn it it was just genuinely one of those things that was like sure zombies are are terrifying but this huge dude that looks like some kind of surgery gone wrong in a giant suit who is just running after you is terrifying yeah very good nice good job what's yours for sure um i yeah i don't think this is going to be a popular one because i know the series is very polarizing and we've already talked about it tonight but when i was starting to think about it the one person that kept coming back to me was joseph seed from far cry 5 i always forget how unsettling that motherfucker is and I'm always reminded of the very beginning of the game, like the very beginning of the game, where you're going to arrest him in the church. And naturally, it all goes a bit wrong. And there's a moment where he grabs the mic um, in the helicopter to speak to the police department. And he starts singing Amazing Grace. But he's doing it all the while staring blankly into your eyes. And it's so unsettling and so chilling. I was like, I am too scared of this guy to kill him. <laughs> and I remember playing through that game. And yes, it's annoying every time you get shot in the leg when you're out on a mission and you have to disappear off to one of those random moments that he makes you do. But his his presence in that game and the, the fact that he's so conniving and so quiet and so, you know, he's so melodramatic, but he does it in such a menacingly calm way that it's quite terrifying. And I always remember when we were, we were playing through the game, the most, the scariest thing about Joseph C the entire way through is that he's absolutely right about everything that he's saying. Everything that he's saying is truth. And you only find that out at the very end of the game, but it's terrifying. And I remember playing through the game and Sean and I were sort of playing it at the same time. And um, Sean was like, yeah, but there's going to be an apocalypse at the end. It's like, no, there's not. I was like, yes, there is. So no, there isn't, Sean. There's no way. We're going to get out. We're going to save the town. It'll be great. And he was like, no, it's going to be apocalypse. Like, look at all the bunkers. Look what everyone's doing. I was like, no, you're wrong. And he was right. Because Joseph C. had planted all those things to make it happen. And I still didn't believe it until it happened. And I remember sending a message to Sean like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and, you know, it was those moments where Joseph Seed becomes not only kind of unsettling, but also terrifying because he he foresaw this entire event that leads to the end of Far Cry 5. And it's just uncomfortable. And I remember seeing the promo work for this game. They had the actor who plays him dress up as Joseph Seed at this marketing event. And he would just appear behind people and he would just style up. And every, every single aspect of his character is so gross and weird and unsettling and uncomfortable, but, but it's just so... It's so brilliant and the performance is so fantastic. It's so, again, it's like, it's quiet. That's the scary thing. He's not a preacher, really. He's just a, he's just a menacing figure. And yeah, I don't think Far Cry 5 gets his due for that. It's not a perfect Far Cry game by any means, but as a villain, as a character, Joseph Seed is really awesome. And yeah, he was the first one that came to mind when I thought about this. And I think it, I think it's justified because he's a, he's a scary bastard. Do you know when you when you put this down as a topic, I thought you were going to go with either that or or um, what's his name from Far Cry Four? Pagan Min. Yes. Yeah, it was it it was a toss up because Pagan was also really cool, 
But I don't think uh, Pagan was very much in the background the whole time, wasn't he? Whereas Joseph Seed was kind of in your face throughout a lot of Far Cry Five. Yeah, and you, you're absolutely right about a lot of things because he 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 never feels like directly threatening, mm. and he's always quite calm. But like when you're fighting the rest of the family, and like obviously I, I don't want to spoil it, but unless you have like if you've not played this halfway through the mini boss fights the family members kind of start turning and they start saying it was all Joseph's fault. He did it. He, he's the fault. He threatened me and that kind of stuff. And it, it, like you, you fight against these people who we think are evil. And then like, they just make Joseph seed seem even more just fucking twisted up. Yeah. But again, he was right. So <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And sorry again about that. You were right the entire time, Sean. I was, was obviously not picking up on anything. I was, I was guessing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the clues were there, but I mean, I was like, but this is like America. White Christians are crazy. <laughs> mm, it's true. It's true. And those um, those scenes of Joseph Seed that he appears, once you've killed one of his family members, there's like this one shot of Joseph Seed and he starts getting angrier and angrier and crying. Do you remember that bit where there was like snot came out of his nose at the end of when like when Jacob died? Something. Oh, yeah. It was like, was... that was weird. <laughs> yeah, that was like really committed. That part was. <laughs> yeah. There's also yeah. the um the scene that always sticks out from that game for me is A, the soundtrack to Far Cry 5 is fucking amazing. If you've never listened to it like on its own, it's got like three different track sets. So there's one that's like <clears throat> like a choir version, like the original versions. And then there's like these weird um like mixed up interpretation versions. And one of the boss battles is with the, is it the, daughter-in-law or the girl or i can't remember who it is but she's in like the field and they kind of drug you up and then you have like that weird hallucination scene yeah, with her just joseph's yeah. uh, sister that's it yeah and the music in the background to it is so creepy and after you like i think it's before or after the fight like he appears and does this whole like monologue to you and it's really messed up and i was like this game's good like whoever's doing the story for this game is doing some good stuff because the music in the background is like so fitting and eerie and awful at the same time mm. um so yeah, I totally actually, when you kind of said it, I was like, oh yeah, that was actually a very good villain. Yeah. I used to like the uh, the songs on the radio. Yeah. The random <laughs> Christian songs that they had playing. The choir version. Still yeah. stuck in my head that, all the time. <laughs> Let the water wash away your sins. And it just stays with me wherever I go. It's always uh, the uh, keep the rifle by your side one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But of course, it's obviously Herrick's there and he's got great big trucks and it underplays everything that's all serious about Joseph Seed. But that's Far Cry. What are you going to do? Right then, let's get into our recommendations. Uh, this is where we find something we've seen throughout the week and we thought we want to share it with you, whether it be a game, a movie, a TV show, a Funko Pop or a guitar. Who knows? I'm just looking at things in my room and saying them out loud now. Sean Davies, what's your recommendation of the week? Wingstop. Ooh. Okay. So I've heard a lot about this, this takeaway place in from America. It's a place that specializes in chicken. It does wings and tenders and nuggets. And it's been hyped up, you know, and I found out there were three locations in London, the only three in the UK. Yeah. Me, me and Greg went to one and I swear to Christ, it is the best fucking food I have ever tasted. Wow. So you can pick different tastes for your chicken. They've got like different flavors. And I went for uh, lemon, lemon pepper uh, tenders with nacho cheese fries. And mm. let me tell you, 
I am so fucking satisfied that I'm genuinely co- contemplating a trip down to London for some wing stop. <laughs> if you're in London, there are three stops. There's, I think there's one near Tottenham Court Road. Uh, there's one uh, near Loading Bar. But man, just if, if you get a chance, stop off, get yourself some chicken. It's genuinely a for real amazing. There you go. That's Wing my stop. recommendation. Check it out if you're in London. It's not yet in Taunton or Stoke. No, but I've found, I've, <laughs> this is how much I enjoy the chicken. I found out that the company who, who are opening up the franchises in this country are the only company that could do it. And I'm now writing them an email to ask if they can open one in Stoke. <laughs> Nice. I, I I would I promise to spend fifty pounds a month in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they will by popular demand of one person. This is my commitment to you. I will spend fifty pounds <laughs> of my own money buying chicken wings in your place. Uh, I, I Greg had some too, and Greg looked happy. I just I was genuinely over the moon with this food. Amazing. And I just oh God. Oh, so hungry now. God damn it. <laughs> I've just checked out the website for Wingstop because I was like really intrigued. And they have this really cool um, thing where you can say how many people you're with and say if you're feeling snacky, hungry or starving. And it will pick things from the menu that might satisfy your needs, which is super cool. The oh, yeah. wing calculator. Oh, I like, and it, it doesn't feel like a fast food place. So it doesn't look it, but it looks banging. When we went in, like they were like, what flavor do you want on your, your stuff? And Greg picked his and I picked mine. And they made them there and then. And it was like, it took five minutes for them to do it. But I mean, like, it didn't feel like I was walking in and getting some chicken nuggets that have been put under some lights. because It looks like the they've flavor. got so many flavors as well. Oh, yeah, there's tons. Yeah. And, you get, and you can get to add two of them to each kind of. So, like, you can pick two different flavors for your chicken wings. Mm-hmm. And... God damn it! I'm so fucking hungry. Yeah. So the noises the cats making. There's right like now. a little. Like, there's like mm, a little. Mm, yeah, like, there's like I feel like Winnie the Pooh. I'm like mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's like a little heat scale on the website, and you can have like like wet chicken wings, or you can have them dry rubbed, and it's just it's a good time. I mean, I'm pretty pretty livid. I'm not in London right now, but. All right, forget Halloween. We're all going to Wingstop. Whoop whoop! Yay! Cat, uh, your recommendation for the week. So keeping in line with uh, spooky spooky season, uh, spooky month, um, there is this really, really good show. It's a very old show, but it is coming to an end this October, which makes me really, really sad uh, because it is such an excellent kind of YouTube series. And that is called BuzzFeed Unsolved. So if you've never heard of BuzzFeed Unsolved, what they essentially do is uh, two seasons and they alternate the season so one season is true crime and the second season is supernatural stuff and um they kind of for the true crime one they unpick and they like graphic in their videos and dissect kind of all these kind of like unsolved true crimes and uh, they look at all the theories they do like kind of like really kind of really easy not easy graphics but just really satisfying graphics to go and watch and I've binged so much of this it's been on for years um they've got like and the two people that run it um Shane Madej and um Ryan Vergara they're hilarious they're so funny um and then they flip over the next month for the next season and they do Supernatural where they go and um, talk to people who um, have been possessed or they, they kind of look at 
different spooky places like a spooky bridge um and ryan really believes in ghosts and shane absolutely doesn't so the fact that they're together is really fun but it is coming to an end on october 15th the last season premieres on october 15th um and that's the supernatural one um and i'm really sad it's coming to an end because on if you haven't watched if one to start off with would be um the true oh, now I've forgotten it because I'm on the spot but just to start off with any of them because they're all very very good and I'm sure that your favorite kind of true crime is um on there they've dissected the Zodiac Killer they've done um they've done all sorts of stuff and and they've done like OJ Simpson and some of them are really long and then some of them are quite short and it's just such a binge worthy season so check it out um last season airing on October 15th but nice. super cool can I, can I just Point out the fact that you used one of my favourite phrases there. What's your, that? Your favourite true crime. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favourite gruesome murder? <laughs> <laughs> your favourite true crime. What's your favourite, you know, slaughtering of the world? <laughs> I love it. Thank you. <laughs> favourite true crime. You know, well, because true crime's a big thing now. <laughs> Oh, yeah, People, yeah. We're all like, oh, we've all got in a psychopath and love to watch it, but yeah, you know. Yeah, criminals are out there just right now committing crimes, going like, I'm going to be in a podcast for six months. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be the favorite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, all your favorite ghost, who knows? Nice. I've got a uh, soft spot for true crime. It's keeping podcasts alive, basically. So uh, thank you, true crime. I appreciate you keeping the podcast industry alive so we can do this. You're the best. Uh, rather, Miles, your recommendation for the week. Hades. Because it's just so damn good. Ladies? Like, Hades. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I thought you were going to say ladies as well. Uh, I'm going to recommend ladies. I'm going to recommend ladies this week. <laughs> yeah, I just recommend ladies. Ladies are cool. Yeah, ladies. I like ladies. Uh, wings, true crime, and ladies. <laughs> oh, what a weekend. What a weekend. <laughs> Absolute winner. Uh, no, mine is the game, Hades. Um, it's just so much fun. I'm just so addicted to it that it's pretty much any free time that I'm not playing or engaging in any other kind of media, I'm playing Hades because I'm just loving it. Um, I've just I've completed over 10 runs now and it keeps getting more and more intricate, more and more stuff unlocking and I just seem to be having more and more fun with it. And I'm currently on a run where I need to do the get like this pact of punishment thing after you finish X amount of runs and then it like gives you modifiers that make it more difficult and I have to do like 16 modifiers or the equivalent on my run which is making it super difficult right at the end um but i just can't stop playing it i think it's absolutely brilliant and to help me with my studying i've also been listening to the doom eternal soundtrack because it is absolutely banging it's the only thing that gets me through it so oh yes very soothing for studying one would imagine oh yeah it's it's perfect nice what's your what's your recommendation for uh mine is uh free guy go watch free guy I watched Free oh, Guy the other day. Is that the Ryan Reynolds one? It's the Ryan Reynolds one. Go watch Free Guy. It's on Disney Plus now, miraculously. And uh, yeah, it's good fun. Ryan Reynolds, Jodie Comer. Ryan Reynolds is in a video game, but he doesn't know he's in a video game. So Jodie Comer comes in and tells him he's in a video game. And shenanigans ensue. It's a great it's a great fun time. So yeah, go watch Free Guy. It's good fun. That's it, really. That's all I've got to say about it. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Nice. I, I didn't want to shit on your parade because I don't really like it. but um... I've had mixed reviews too. Well, the, the, the best thing you can do is go on Disney Plus and watch it, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's why I didn't say anything. I was yeah. like, do I, do I? No, I'm just going to let you ride this one. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's not, it's not going to change the world. It's not going to win Oscars, but it was fun. 
and uh, that's uh, that's probably what I was looking for that day. Something a bit brainless. So can, yeah, yeah. can, can we it. can we agree that like Wikiki is just like the the worst character in the whole thing, and that's a real surprise. Taika Waititi's character. Yeah. 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 It's weird. I don't like him playing such a asshole. Probably because he, yeah. but probably because he can't do it because he's not, he's evidently not an asshole. No, too nice to act yeah. that way. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Fair enough. Fair enough. Exactly. But yeah, Jodie Combs great in it, and it's uh, horror thought. Also, saw No Time to Die this week. Uh, that was very enjoyable. Um, if you're into your Bond films, that was well, uh, lots of Bondness. They they made a, the Bond film the longest Bond film, No Time to Die. I just, <laughs> I just, yeah, uh, there is there, there is an irony in that for sure. It's yeah. it's it, it's a long film, but you don't really feel it. There is slow in parts because it's a Bond film and they have to do exposition somewhere. But uh, yeah, it's a great performance by Daniel Craig in this one. And um, yeah, it's Anna Diamas is in it for, I want to say, five or six minutes and she steals the entire thing. You know, when she pops up, she's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, well worth a look. Oh, I also saw Venom. Uh, Let There Be Carnage. How was that? It was fucking terrible. Oh, no, don't I say think that. I really want to watch it. It was possibly, of all the Sony Spider-Verse movies, it is the worst one. And I'm, oh, and Woody, I, and I'm including Carlson. and I'm including Spider-Man 3 in that. What is... No, come on. I love Tom Hardy, and I love Tom Hardy as Venom. But Woody Harrelson as Carnage is so miscast. It's PG-13. They're not... You can't do a proper Carnage story in a PG-13. The best thing about it is the post-credit scene, which is... Fucking phenomenal and leads to a very exciting future. But yeah, best thing about the film is the post-credit scene. <laughs> so basically, I'm going to watch through an absolutely garbage film that's going to ruin my hope for Venom, but then it's going to rescue it with about 30 seconds right at the end. Pretty much. What What's wrong with it? What is it? It's is so just, quick. It's, not... it's like it's like it's less than 90 minutes, right? And it's just everything just whizzes by. You cannot keep up with the story at all. The story, there's there's like there's a lot of madness in it. You know, Carnage is doing this, so we've got to stop him. But he's got a girlfriend that has to break out of prison. But then the girlfriend's got absolutely no character at all and is about as useless as Woody Harrelson is. And it's all just a bit pants. And it, you can tell that there is a longer film there. There is a much longer, more intricate, more nuanced film. And yeah, half of it's on the cutting room floor, it, it feels like. Needs the Zack Snyder treatment. There are some weird cuts in it that make it not great. Yeah, and in, in town years time, we're going to have the... the... Fucking the Andy Circus cut, yeah, yeah, and it would be fucking brilliant, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What <sighs> is what it sets up is very exciting, but yeah, it's a oh. real, it's it's a real disappointment. I'm actually gutted because I quite like the first one, and I love Tom Hardy; he's one of my favorite actors. So mm. it's a, it's a, it's a when it's available at home, give it a watch, see what you think, kind of thing. Okay. But I really didn't enjoy it. I watched the post credit scene, and then yeah, I was like, I'm out, I'm out of this. <laughs> this this is just no. Nah. At least it finished on a high then. <laughs> oh, it most definitely did. Good God, did it. Jesus Christ. But uh, yeah, anyway, that was three recommendations. I apologize. I was just going through movies that I've seen this week. Uh, right then, let's go to Out This Week. Uh, Sean Davies, are you out Hello. this week? I'm, yes, I'm going to be out in this week. You, <laughs> hey. You're coming out this week, Sean. Good for you, man. It's about time. Really proud Thanks. of you, mate. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, man. I'm coming out as a gamer. <laughs> oh, no! That's the worst thing you can come out as. That's true. Oh, um, God. Okay. This week, if you're listening to this, the day it goes up, you can enjoy Monster Crown on PS4, Switch, and other platforms. 
Disco Elysium, the final cut, is finally coming to Switch and Xbox. Giving, giving up on that accent right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a Memoir Blue is coming to Xbox. Back for Blood is out on everything apart from Switch. I've heard of that game. Have you? Is it any good? Yeah, you know what? I, I reckon it's a solid between 6 and 8 out of 10. How would I know this? Is there somewhere where I could read a review, maybe? That's really interesting you say that, Sean, because there is. If you go to fingerguns.net right now, our Back for Blood review is up. Oh, wow. I should yeah. go there now. Do it. After this podcast is finished, obviously. And tell your friends <laughs> for the hits, you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Some great plugs. Um, Critadel, uh, it, it looks cool. Neony, weirdy anime thing. It's coming out on PC and Switch. On October 13, there's Catty and Batty, the Spirit Guide. It's coming out on something. I then we get to. <laughs> then we get on to October 14th, the good day of this month, this week, sorry. Uh, Doctor Who, Edge of Reality, comes to. Ooh, very exciting. Yes. yes, it comes to flat screen platforms, including PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Uh, Chasing Static, a cool retro style game, uh, is coming to PC on October 14th. It's coming to consoles later. Rift Breaker is coming to PC and consoles. And Murder House, a game about fighting some kind of bunny monster thing, is hitting Xbox. Mm. October 15th, Glaylancer, a shmup, is coming to PlayStation 5 and Xbox series. And NHL 22 is coming to PlayStation 5, PS4, Xbox One, Xbox Series, PC, Switch, your mobile phone devices, your smart fridge, and your microwave. Also out on October 15th is The Good Life, the new one for from Swery. Oh, is that the game where you go around taking photos of dogs? It's a game where you owe a debt and have to pay back the debt by working in an English village as a journalist. But this journalist finds out something spooky about this village, that one day every month, everyone turns into a dog or cat. <laughs> Yay! You know what? That sounds really awesome. I have this as a Kickstarter. I am fucking livid about it, but yes, let's carry okay. on. I paid for this as a Kickstarter, and now it's on Game Pass! Excellent <laughs> news! Nothing like a three-year investment of my money. Um, also coming out on October 15th, Crisis Remastered Trilogy, Dungeon Encounters, and that's it for the week, I believe. Uh, I think Oh, the, the Lightbringer is coming out on October 17th. It's a pretty light month. Mm. We don't have any other games until October 19th when YouTubers Live 2 comes out. Oh, Yay. for fuck's sake. <laughs> just for, I can't get emails about that every, literally every other day. Will you want to review it? Do Leave me alone. To review it? Are you sure you don't want to review it? We have your children. <laughs> Would you want to review it? <laughs> Oh man, Doctor Who is exciting. If you heard what's going on with Doctor Who at the moment, my god, man! Not yeah. only is Russell T Davies coming back to show run the next series, that it's being it's still owned by the BBC, but it's being made by Bad Wolf Studios, which is RTD's studio, yeah. and Bad Wolf are being bought by Sony. Yes, so Sony could have a part ownership in Doctor Who at some point. Wouldn't that be interesting? Wouldn't that be interesting? That would be interesting. Yeah. 
We can you know, have them in the next Smash Brothers game from PlayStation. <laughs> That'd be sweet. Doctor versus Ratchet. Yeah. <laughs> and Sly Raccoon. I always want to see the Doctor and Venom go up against each other. Nice. Yeah, very exciting. Well, that does bring an end to this week's Finger Guns podcast. Thank you all very much indeed for listening. Don't forget, if you really like what we do, want to follow our Patreon for a whole dollar a month. That works out about 71 pence. You can keep this podcast live on its various podcast services and keep the website nice and shiny. If you want to follow, follow us, if you want to follow us, that's what I meant to say. You can go to the link tree in the description below. We are absolutely everywhere. Go that you can find us on. You've got the website, you've got Spotify, you've got Apple, you've got Twitch, you've got Twitter, you've got Instagram. We got TikTok. We're all over the place. Go follow us on TikTok. We need more followers on TikTok. So go on TikTok and get some more followers for us on TikTok. That'd be great. Thank you very much. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can. Our individual handles are also in the description below. But that's it. So it is goodbye from Ratchet and Cat. TTFN. It is bye bye from Miles for Blood. See you later. It is bye bye from Big Al. Bye. <laughs> and it's goodbye from me. I have been far Crossco six. It kind of works. We'll see you next time on the Finger Guns. Okay.